that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you baby? How y'all making out there in trailer trash land? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast. While I'm talking out my ass with Chef Randy Sheremy of the John Falls Culinary Institute down in Thibodeau, Louisiana, Nicholas State University. He and I are going to talk about eating pig because I read something and asked him about it, and he said, no, that ain't right. And I'm going, yeah, it is. And he said, no, it ain't. And I'm a chef and shut up. So we're going to talk about eating pig like the pig that I am with Randy Sheremy here on the Spudcast right after this. Spud here. You know, the last couple of years, I got to be buddies with attorney Mike Brandner, the guy Gambit readers have voted the state's best lawyer two years running. Yeah, he, he's been on that super lawyers list longer than I can remember. But you don't make it number one on those lists because you have witty commercials. You make it because you treat your clients like they're number one. And that's what Mike Brander does. His clients are like his friends. He helps them through the tough times until he can get them a big check from the big insurance companies. So if you're in a wreck, get the big guy in your corner. Get Mike Brander, 345-1111. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie, sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to rapidurgentcare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. So, okay, I'm talking to Chef Randy Sheremy, who, uh, from the John Falls Culinary Institute uh, in Kibayo, where I went to school. And uh, the reason we're having this conversation is because I got a pork loin the other day, as big as my leg. And I got a big-ass <laughs> leg. And um, and Maureen is like, you know, how are we going to do it? How are we going to cook it? Because I had one before, and the burner went out on my barbecue grill outside, Randy. So uh, I took the burner out, I lined the bottom with heavy foil, and I just put, you know, charcoal, and I got a big oak tree with a bunch of old limbs that fell out of it. So guess uh, what? I, I, I rubbed jerk seasoning all over that pig, and I stuck it on top of that charcoal with the, with the legs, with the, with the sticks from the oak tree, and Padna, that thing came uh, out nice, you know? Yeah, but, sure. You know, but, I'm, and, but Maureen's going, no, you can't do that. So I got another leg as big as my leg and, and cooked it, a big pork loin. And it's I'm following the instructions. I've cooked it at 350, uh, 10 min, uh, 20 minutes per pound. It was just over 10 pounds. But I didn't have to cook it. I didn't have to cook it 320, three hours. And, and I mean, after about two and a half hours, it was at right at coming up on 160, you know. But then you and I talked about that, and you said you can take it out the oven at 145. So I, I don't understand when is pig not safe to eat? I thought it had to be 160 to 165 minimum. You know, so what's what's the deal with the pig? Well, if it's domestic pork that you that somebody raised in their backyard, you want to eat that at 165 for sure. 
So, but even then, if you if if you want it at one sixty five, take it out at one fifty five or one fifty seven or something like that. Because once you take the the roast out, it, it's not the, the temperature. The internal temperature is still going up for about ten or twelve minutes. Understand that, all right? So, so don't take it out at one sixty five. If you take it out at one sixty five, then it's going to hit one seventy three, one seventy four, and man, that's going to be dried out pork. You know, mm. I like. I like my pork a little pink. Now, some people, and evidently your wife is one of them. Maureen will not eat pink pork. She'll eat ham. If that's the only part of pig that she wants pink is ham, and that's it. I understand because some people, you know, I mean, they're, they're, um, their immune systems aren't, aren't what they once were, maybe whatever, you know, I mean, as we, you know, we're all getting older, right? But, and so our, our immune systems start to wane a little bit, but, um, but I have, you know, evidently it doesn't bother me. So I, I like it slightly pink. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, I remember the best pork chop I ever had in the city for a long time. I don't know if they still do it. Is at Houston's when Houston's used to, and they used to say the best pork chop in New Orleans. And I says, that's a pretty tall claim. She says, if you don't agree with it, you don't buy it. Well, I bought it because that was a damn good pork chop. It was a double cut. And mm-hmm. when you cut into it, it was slightly pink. And what they did is that, they took the whole subprimal, the whole rack of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of pork chops, you know, mm-hmm. and a uh, whole, and they, 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 they put it in a, in an alto sham, uh, at a low tip, like about 185 all night long. And then they cut it and then they, they grill it on top of those hardwood coals. Man, what a great pork chop that you know, was. Yeah. You know, Vince, the best pork chop I ever, I ever had was at Vincent's and it was a double cut and it was yeah. stuffed. Yeah, that was a good pork chop. But I mean, it now, wasn't pink stuffed, on the Listen, listen to me. If it's a stuffed pork chop, you got to get it to one sixty-five. All right, that's because stuffing, you know, is is crazy when it comes to meats. You know, it's just like you know, every year, like when you stuff turkeys and stuff like that, how many people end up in a goddamn yeah. hospital? You know, because well, they don't they don't do it right. You well, know? I don't. So it's, uh, well, but you you can't eat you can't eat turkey like I mean poultry. No, you can't. Yeah, I mean, poultry you, you, has you to be cooked. Poultry, you know, poultry it, does have to be cooked, you know. But I'll say this though: even on poultry, you know, um, you know, they say to, to do the, you know, if you cook, if you roast it in the oven, like a whole chicken, that the breast, you know, should be at one sixty-five, and then the the, uh, the the leg quarter should be at one seventy, one seventy-two. I don't have any problem taking it, taking that at 160 and then 165 on the on the thing because you know it's a more it's a succulent bird and it's white, it's you know there's no mm-hmm. red at all, you know and, you know salmonella. Let me tell you something a little bit about salmonella. It dies at 140 degrees, all right. So and more and, and more of the and more of the salmonella is is on the outside on the skin part. You know, so I'm know, roasting a chicken at 400, 425 degrees. I'm killing them bad boys right away. <laughs> I don't cook you know? mine. Well, I, I don't cook mine that high. Well, I mean, I'll do 400, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, sometimes uh, the best things uh, that, that come out of cookery are done by mistake, you know. I mean, uh, I used to do my roasted chicken. I would roast it on a, on a bed of root vegetables like, uh, you know, like carrots and potatoes mm-hmm. and maybe parsnips and, sitting, and, and, sitting uh, on them or, or uh, yeah. surrounded them no sitting on them okay. sitting on them and Breast roasting them in the oven at, at 350 degrees huh. now, and I'm not telling but that would take about an hour and a half I'm not telling you that's bad or anything that's still pretty good 
but uh, the only way I roast a chicken now is in a in a, is in a skillet, a uh, cast iron ten inch skillet. I go ahead and I I, I season the inside. I, first of all, you you rinse it out real good and dry it as thoroughly as possible, inside and out with paper towels. Get it as dry as dry as you possibly can. And then on the inside, a little salt, some pepper, maybe some granulated garlic, and I'll stuff a few twigs of uh, thyme in there. I trust the chicken, you know, making it making it as tight as I can, like a tight little bundle. I back, you know, back the wings, you know, so that they they fold in the back of the, the neck and what somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I, I I put it in that hot skillet with a little oil. It starts to sizzle. And then I take the whole thing and put it in a 425 degree oven. If it's a three and a half pound chicken, an hour, an hour does it. Take it out, let it rest 15 minutes, and let me tell you. Oh, by the way, I've also, when, when, after it's trussed, then I rub oil on it, salt yeah. and pepper the exterior, too. Yeah. Um, it's just the best. And then when it comes out, I, like, push it all. Uh, I push the chicken towards the handle, and I tilt the skillet a little bit so all the fat goes to the other side. And I put about a tablespoon of uh, picked thyme leaves, and then I baste the chicken with that, with that excess fat to really get that that skin on top of it really crisp mm-hmm. dude it's the only way to eat a roast chicken i mean it, it yeah. just it beats that other chicken's yeah. hands down you, you know, know? What? we don't we don't i couldn't tell you the last time we roasted a whole chicken i mean we do chicken oh, we buy it in parts or or you know but i mean we do turkeys and and mo and i got it down to a science we do we do what you said we wipe it all down but we mix uh, several different seasonings together, dry seasonings, and uh-huh. we stuff the, the the interior of the turkey with, uh, like, we'll cut an apple in half and an orange in half. And we'll That's have, okay. And shove that. Well, well, we'll dip we'll dip the moist parts into the dry seasoning and shove that inside with some celery and green onions. And uh, then we... We'll That's pour- okay, but stuffing a, chi- a turkey is not a good idea. You, know, you ever look at the stuffing when it comes out of a turkey? It's kind of white and it's kind of... It's not attractive. Make mm. a stuffing. Go ahead and, and put it in a casserole dish and, and Oh, well, no, it. no, no. We don't put... Then, stu- yeah, I don't put yeah. stuffing. I put, I make cornbread dressing on the side. I just yeah. shove the, the apple and the orange and some celery yeah, up Yeah, that's in all it. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then big but, rosemary uh, things up under the skin and then we'll put olive oil in our dry season and make it a paste. And then rub that all okay. over it, and put that in the oven, a four hundred degree oven, and cook that bad boy. Yeah, That's but it. you know, chicken on a weeknight, salt, pepper, thyme, you know, uh, maybe some gar- granulated garlic, and I can, you know, I mean, it's done. I don't have to worry. I make a salad, you know, uh, and a uh, you know, drink a little uh, wine. <laughs> well, you know, and then some uh, some uh, you know, I'll make cheese toast points, you know, with Gruyere yeah. and. Yeah. And uh, and man, that with the with the salad and, and and beautifully roast chicken, put a dollop of uh of like Dijon mustard in the middle of the plate and, and eat that with the chicken. Yeah, oh, just gosh, just drag so a little good. bit through there or dip, oh, a, yeah, dip a toast point up in the Dijon. Oh yeah. And I'm not a big Dijon fan, but on something like that, that that would be that that's, would be it for me. That's good stuff. But like I said, you know, as, if it's if it's uh, and, and you know, and they got these other you know uh, these uh, artisan farms like uh, Berkshire and uh, Neiman Ranch and there's a few others you know these they have excellent pork products they really do and uh, 
But why? I mean, why really do? It's just because of what they feed them. I mean, what they pump them full of antibiotics. What? What? Well, you know, I, I'm sure there's some antibiotic in the feed and stuff like that. But, uh, but I don't know that. You know, I don't know. I don't think. I think Neiman Ranch is is 100 organic. But they very carefully watch what they eat. You know, a pig that's that's raised in the in the back of Joe Blow's house. There's no telling what that that poor pig eats. You know. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if pigs are left to their own devices, you know, they're pretty clean animals. In the wild, I mean, they, you know, they, they make straw beds for themselves. They eat grass, they eat a lot of acorns, a lot of other nuts and No, stuff they roll like around that. in the mud, but that's mostly because if you've got too many biting flies, you know. They don't yeah, have- you, you know, but it, it's humans that made uh, uh, big pork uh, uh, dirty and stuff like that. It's not, it's not the pigs, it's us. You know, and, and Duroc, even the, the Duroc breed of pig, you know, the white pig, you know, if, if, if it ever breaks its stall and goes out into the wild, it's an amazing animal. Between six and eight weeks, it's going to start growing black hair and tusks, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, you know, it wouldn't do that like if it kept, pig it's kept in the pit. Because he's got, you know, he has to adapt to his surroundings. Well, and, he doesn't have, do he doesn't have well. to fight other pigs for his food like that. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. He, would, where so, he would if he was... So he's That's a weird exactly pig. Right. He's a yeah. weird pig. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of the reasons. But anyway, I... you know, you never, you don't know what those pigs are eating. You know, Neiman Ranch has a specific diet for them, and it's all organic, and it's, it's very healthy for the pig. They also, you know, the pig, uh, you know, they, they, all their pigs take several trips to the slaughterhouse so they get comfortable doing it. You know, uh, so that they're they're calm when they are slaughtered. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it really is. It, I think it makes it different in the meat because the, the, the pig isn't scared to death. No. Okay. And well, uh, that, and they've probably been threatened by PETA. All right, yeah. I got to step away for a second. Uh, when we get back though, let's talk about, uh, okay, everybody's been cooped up and there's going to be a lot more gatherings and things like that. So give me some good recipes and make sure, you know, how we cook stuff on a grill that it doesn't get burnt or you know, just give, give me some pointers for some folks out here who ain't no pro like you are. Chef Randy Sheremy is my guest from the John Falls Culinary Institute in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of parish coffee. And you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Bud here. Do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hair dryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 9473392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor, over 25 years experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this... You better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? 
I got an idea, go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids and don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. And we're back on the Spudcast talking about my ask with Chef Randolph Sheremy in Thibodeau uh, from the John Falls Culinary Institute. So he has convinced me, as long as I'm not eating my neighbor's pig that has that has wandered out of the pen and grown black hair and tusks, then... Uh, well, I mean, if I... if Look, I had a buddy, uh, well, a friend of a friend, gave me a, a whole front leg quarter of a wild hog that they had caught outside. And... Uh, Wild yeah, hogs, I would definitely cook. I would definitely cook to one sixty. Oh, we cooked it to about one seventy. Yeah, but and you had to yeah. wrap it with bacon. We cut holes in it. We washed the hell out of it. We cut yeah, holes in it and right. shoved whole garlic toes in there. They wrapped it in bacon, and then yeah, we yeah. baked it. And it was up to about one seventy before we took it out of there. Because yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's been eating, including other pigs. But yeah. it was good. But there's no fat. I mean, those things are like. No, you know, there's a lot less fat. There's a lot less fat because they were getting fattened up for slaughter, but these pigs are not. They're running, man. they they fighting for their food. There's well, a pig on the East Coast called Ossabaw. O-S-S-A-B-A-W. come from Ossabaw Island off the, off the East Coast. And these pigs that were brought there were brought there by the conquistadors, the Spanish conquistadors. In Spain, they're Ibericos, all right? They're the black, lean pigs. This is what you make Parma ham with and... You know all these all these hams that are are two year cures and and you eat the fat and the and the meat very thin 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 slices you know mm-hmm. I mean it's just some of the best ham you'll ever eat in your in your life um, uh, but they've, they were they, they were able to remain uh, you know pure on that island because there's no other pigs coming on the island they don't allow them you know well sometimes they allow those pigs to uh, to other ranches and everything they'll do some crossbreeding and they've come up with some interesting breeds of of pig you know um uh, uh, are, are like abaricos you know i mean you have to slaughter them in a cold environment because if you don't the fat will just run out these are these animals the, the fat is is 60 uh, is i'm sorry it's 48 percent monounsaturated which is is kind of healthy you know, yeah. uh, think of uh, eating pork that's healthy for you, you know. Uh, so you ha- it has to be in a real cold room to, to, to slaughter these animals or else the, the fat will just run out of them and they'll be dry. So uh, they're an interesting animal and they're, I mean, uh, they're, they're delicious. Probably Is the best good, pork I've ever eaten. Good red boudin or they, don't even, they can't do that no more either? Well, you know, I don't know if they they, they do that with. Them. I'm sure they are going to make hogs that cheese. You know, like every you know, most pig product, we we don't let anything go to waste. We're not the only ones that do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's thing, the interesting thing about about pork. You know, I always wondered why why it was so uh, uh, taboo. You know, with certain people. You know, with uh, of course with our Jewish friends and mm-hmm. and you know and with Muslims and stuff like that. You know, and I, I never read something that really convinced me of, of what that's the reason, you know, until I read this book called Pig Perfect. I can't remember the author, but the author said, no, it comes down to money. You know, uh, there's no way that they could, you know, the pigs are, can be nomadic. You get up and you, 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 you leave, you bring your pig with you. You know, it's no big deal, yeah. right? They're easy to raise, you know. It's very hard to tax on pigs, you know. 
So if they couldn't make any money out of them, the states or governments or whatever, then we'll just make them taboo. So nobody can have them, you know? That made more sense to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Because, you know, at the, at the pyramids, you know, where these were all uh, quote-unquote state workers, yeah. they were slaves, right? There's no there's no pig bones there at all. You don't find pig bones until you get into the town. There's you know, cities nearby, you know, and the trash heaps there. You're gonna find pig bones, uh, but uh, you know those were those they, you couldn't control it. They they couldn't control it. All right, so um, it, it's an interesting book, and uh, I read a lot of great facts about about pork that convinced me. Like as usual, it gets down to money. Pretty right? much everything does eventually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves, you know. I mean, money makes the world go round. It always has. Bartering to one, might not be dollars per se, but yeah, bartering. What you're gonna trade me? What do I, you know? Because some yes. things, some things to some people. Well, I got twenty of these, so I'll give you ten of them, and I'll take one of those that you, you know. But I mean, I. But the thing about the reason I asked you to come on the show, aside from the facts that I like to bullshit with you. Is because uh, you guys didn't hear what we were talking about before I pressed the record button, folks. Let me tell you that. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, would I be in trouble? No, we can't, we can't talk about that. No, can't talk what's about your, that on your, the, No. What's your favorite thing to grill? My favorite thing to grill is steak. Uh, yeah. But I am, I'm just not that good at it. You know, I got a friend of mine, and he's Jewish. Uh, my former roommate up in New York, Melanie. She married a nice Jewish boy. So this Jewish couple, they go to Yom Kippur, and then they come down here, and they go to Conchon, you know? He, he... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's true, though. You know what we gave him for a wedding present? We gave him a, okay. a, a, a crab boiling rig. All Everything right. but the tank. And it's kind of like people going, hey, man, I mean, you're not supposed to eat bottom feeders. And even he said, after a while, even the rabbi comes, uh, I heard you boiling some shrimp this weekend. You know what I mean? But um, he used to be, I don't know if, I don't know what kind of chef he was, but he was a chef. And I know he's been to like uh, the barbecue school in like North Carolina and one in Kansas. I think he's qualified to be a judge. I actually talked to Becker Hall from Hogs for the Cause uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and said, I'm going to have to hook my Jewish friend up with you because he'd probably be a good qualified judge. But um, he he sent down some steaks, some like big two-inch thick uh, porterhouse steaks uh, from some deli or some some meat market he goes to in New York. He mailed them to us because they were coming down. And uh, my smoker had basically rusted out the bottom of it. So I just piled some bricks in a, in a circle and set the other two parts up. And we threw some, uh, you know, some some uh, charcoal and some branches out of my old oak tree under there, and set the smoke going. And man, he he smoked these things. God, was a, were they good? And he didn't put okay. on just now. Smoking at barbecue is a whole is a whole lot different than than grilling. Grilling is is quick, you know. Yeah. Uh, barbecue is low and slow, right? Well, this this was good. So, it wasn't but that I long. like a, I like a porterhouse too. You know, I really do. And uh, and you know. Uh, over here at at, uh, at Rouse's, you can buy prime uh, porterhouses. And what's really great with that for uh, for our family is that Kathy likes the uh, you know the the the, the tenderloin mm-hmm. on the inside, and I like the strip, you know, which is on the other side. Bernie gets the bone, you know, my um, dog, and so everybody in the house is happy. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm I'm not a big fan of tenderloin. I think all you can say of tenderloin is that it's tender. Yeah, as far as flavor. Go on the other side of the bone, baby. 
that 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 strip has so much flavor, yeah. so much more flavor than a tenderloin. Yeah, but I like, um, I like, I like a good ribeye too. Yeah, me too. But if it's like an inch, you know, I'm saying an inch, inch and a half, you know, and I got a, a nice fire on it. I'm talking about a medium to medium high fire. I do what they call an eight minute steak. You know, four minutes on one side, four minutes on the other side. Yeah. Let it rest four or five minutes, and dig in. It's all, it's always perfectly medium rare to me. Uh, I don't like steak to be, you know, different steakhouses different like have different styles of doing steaks. You know, like yeah. you go to Dickie Breddens, you know, Dickie Breddens when the well, when they first made it, I'd be like this anymore. When they first opened, that was a black and blue house. You know, and what I mean by that, it was real charred on the outside and kind of raw on the inside. And I know some people that really like their steaks that way. I don't get it. I think the char is too bitter. You know, and yeah. the interior, the interior is still cool. It's no, raw. And I, I like, I don't want the interior cool. I, I do like, I want it juicy and I like it, I like it pink, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, well, I know, but, I do know how to put my thumb on it. You know, maybe what it is, Randy, is just, I never, I never bought like prime steaks. You can't ever hardly yeah. find them. Maureen, like, yeah. like, uh, for Christmas, uh, got a bonus and, uh-huh. uh, and said, well, we said, well, you know, boss said, well, y'all go out to dinner. And instead of going out to dinner, Maureen took the money and she went and bought a big uh, uh, roast, a, 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 a prime yes. rib roast, like five yeah. bones. And oh God, we she cooked that bad boy and we sliced it up. And I mean, I was sitting there just stuffed, like stuffed like a pig, <laughs> and I'm still gnawing on that bone like a dog that ain't been out of the woods in 50 years. Man, damn, that that's was, a great piece of meat. Oh yeah. baby, was it ever? You know? Yeah. We get them. We can get them uh, at Rouse's. They age them. They age them for as long as I think as long as 40, 42 days. What does that do? Uh, I'm out of time, but what does that do? I mean, I, I well, it, it it intensifies the flavor is what it does, you know, and uh, it, it really has a, a good beef flavor, you know. It just intensifies that beef flavor. You lose a little moisture when you dry them out like that, you know, but. Uh, you know, and again, you just can't overcook them. Uh, yeah, well, I last you know, only I, time I, I had I, it, it was at a I, it was at a steakhouse in New York City. I don't even remember the name of it. It was supposedly one of the famous ones. Oh, look at our ancient J aged beef, and I don't know, man. The first bite I took, it tasted a little rotten to me. I don't. Know, maybe they went too far. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I didn't like it. Give me. I said, give me. Well, a you got to you got to cut you got to cut the bad parts off on the outside. You know, I mean, but uh, if somebody really knows what they're doing with aged beef, it, it can be a wonderful thing. You know, it really can. Well, I'll mail you uh, some, but and I, then you, you. I'm a big believer that you know the 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 prime the, the primo temperature is at about 130 135 interior temp. You know, that's going to be medium rare. I I eat meat raw. I'll eat steak tartare. I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that in a steak to really bring out the flavor of the meat, it's got to be. You know, the proteins have got to coagulate. If the if the meat's raw inside, you're not bringing any flavor be able to cook it to the right temperature on the inside so that you know you can still see the uh, the string of the meat so to speak but it's but it's it's red or it's you know it's and 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 moisture and fat you know that's what makes a steak great if you cook it past past medium rare you start to lose moisture yeah. every second and you, know? you got and you got to so, be able to read the marbling on the steak too cuz the less fat there is then okay that'll make a good dobe you know yeah. I'll, I'll cook that that's for like people, 3 4 hours uh, a great way to do a steak also is is if you sous vide it. You know, you put it in a bag. You know, you you smash a piece of garlic, throw it in there, a twig of thyme, salt and pepper to steak. Uh, put it at uh, one thirty, one 
130 for about 130 degrees in, a, in an immersion blender kind of thing, uh, immersion blender, immersion circulator. Uh, I don't know what about, the hell that is. Well, it, it's oh, it's a device least. that it's a device that controls this little uh, uh, pan of water that's about three or four inches deep, and it really gets it to a very precise temperature. All right, so you throw the bag in there, and also the bag has been cryovac, so all the oxygen is taken out, and it's it's under pressure. All right. So you put the the, the, the the bag with the steak in it in there for about uh, an hour, hour and 20 minutes even. Now, you can keep it in there for four hours. It's never going to overcook. It's never going to get above 130 degrees, you know? Mm. So And then you take it out, and then you sear it on each side. What's really great about that is that every other way you would cook a, that steak, whether it be in a pan or on the grill, you're leaching out, you're leaching out fat and flavor. Well, guess what? When you do it this way, the fat had nowhere to go, so it's still in the steak. And it's and it's sucked into the middle of the meat too, because it's <laughs> yeah, and you just too. all you got to do is so, so the internal temperature is there, and and you just sear the outside to make it look nice, you know, and get get a nice browning, and that brings flavor too. Yeah. And then you got to suffer a wonderful steak. So when you cut into it, you know, like a conventional way of grilling or pan broiling a steak, you know, the first inch of an eighth of an inch will be a uh, will be well done and then it's going to be medium well then medium and finally maybe a quarter inch into the steak it's it's getting to that rare here it's all rare it's, it's all medium rare mm. just past the sear all right That's and nice, you can still can... see the marbling in the meat yeah but i can't afford one of them things i'm i got cast iron that's the best i'm gonna do and i'm out of time anyway randy sheremy if people want to study or go to the find out more about the uh, john false culinary institute what would you suggest we suggest you call at uh, 985-493-2700. Uh, and you need to come and take a ride, and we'll give you a tour. And, man, we we, we ain't going to let you leave there without saying that you want to come because uh, it's, uh, it's a great school. I'm, I'm very proud to be affiliated with it. Some of our... Uh, some of our graduates have gone on to do some amazing things. Yeah. And so um, I'm very proud to be there, and I can't believe they pay me. I'm having too much fun. Well, in that case, you can feed me. All right, Randolph, <laughs> we'll see you soon, babe. Thanks for taking the time. Wrap it up in Spudcast right after this. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing. And it needs to keep on growing because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Getting older and feeling your age? Low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds? Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again, or better yet, your new self again. Go to mopeclinic.com, M-O-P-E clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you.
Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home? There's only one sure way to fix a flooding problem. Home Team Elevation. End the worry. Stop insurance rate hikes. Get your flooding problem fixed now with the Home Team Advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. You want design choices? On the Home Team, you're the MVP. So don't wait. Elevate with Home Team Elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222. 3011222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Okay, so Randy Sheremy, how to eat pig in South Louisiana. Uh, next uh, weekend, coming up, uh, we'll be talking to Don Redman from AAA because uh, Memorial Day weekend's coming up, and there's a lot of people going, all right, I ain't wearing this damn mask no more. So we'll talk about travel for that. But in the meantime, uh, thanks for joining me here. You can follow the Spudcast on uh, Red Circle and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Public Radio and Amazon Music and um, and Stitcher and on Twitter at SpudGotThat. And on my Facebook page is Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell, and The Big Teasy. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this uh, program, it can always use some more sponsors. Or if you want to get on an email list, and I'll email it directly to you, contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Till next weekend, talking to Don Redmond at AAA. It's a Spud saying, watch out for the crazies. I'm a gone pecan.